morning, and welcome to all of you. Welcome um, to this special chapel service where we celebrate the life of David Tempe, taking a break from our regular worship routine. I want to say a special thank you in advance to um, Head Cross Country coach Nate Wolf, um, as well as David's father Gary, willing to share with us in our service today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for making the drive down this morning from the Twin Cities to be here. It means a great deal to this campus that you would join us today. Friends, as we gather in this time, we gather with conflicted hearts. As all of us had our summer and prepared to come back for another school year, nobody prepares that someone at this stage of life would ever pass on to glory already now. It comes as shock. There are hurt and there are loss. There is grief on this campus and in this community, and yet we gather like this in a place of worship because we remind ourselves that though we grieve, we do not grieve as those who have no hope. But rather it is in these moments where we cling to our hope more than ever. We are celebrating the life this morning of a friend, a teammate, a fellow student, a competitor at times, a colleague in res life, a leader, a friend, a boyfriend, and a teammate in this regard too. Tracked across country, you guys ran and competed with David, and love that you're all gathered here and sitting together. We are all teammates of David in this race. The one at the end for which Paul himself got to say, and we get to echo, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but all who have longed for his appearing. You see, our place inside that text and that story, all who long for his appearing. Friends, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And there is freedom in this place this morning. Some of you are going to recall memories, and it will bring a smile to your face. Some of you um, who didn't know David yourself will see a friend who's grieving deeply, and their tears will bring tears to your eyes. And whatever it is that is evoked within you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, and there is freedom in this place. And whether it's our moments of greatest joy or our moments of our deepest sorrow, our God meets us there and meets us and invites us into worship. Even Job, the beginning of that story when all else was lost, the only thing left for him to do is worship. And so we gather today as a community, the family of God, experiencing loss, but also grieving as those who have no hope, to gather and remind each other of our company, remind each other and ourselves of the promises that are ours and are eternal in Christ Jesus. John and the band are going to lead us in opening, um, reminding us of the sovereignty of God. And as they do, his friends have compiled um, pictures and memories. And we'll start with that as this first song is sung over us as we enter into worship together. Will you join me in prayer? Father God, the reality of our grief and our sorrow and our sadness is real, and your promises are real. And we stand in moments like this between the now and the not yet, needing you, needing the gift of your presence, 
the security of your promises. We need you. Meet us in this time. Comfort us in our grief. And point us toward glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.
Now I'd like to ask uh, David and Benjamin's father, Gary Kempton, will you please come and share a couple of reflections with us? mistake, but <laughs> we'll get through it. I thought I was all cried out, but seeing these pictures bring back a lot of memories and um, not awful sadness, just joy and seeing our son in action. Just want to say good morning. I am David, David and Benjamin Tempty's father. I'm going to slide Benjamin in here too since he's David's twin. I want to thank President Hoekstra, Aaron Bart, and Coach Wolf for including my wife, Chris, who's along today, and my daughter, Linnea, who's also along for the trip, and me in today's celebration of life service for David. When I began preparing what I wanted to say this morning, I knew this was going to be tough, but also another measure of healing and closure. A little background on our family first. We live in Bloomington, Minnesota, and have raised our 10 children there for the last 27 years. We homeschooled uh, all our children, including our youngest twin boys, David and Benjamin. Four of our children are married, and we now have nine grandchildren, five years of age and younger. We are all doing well by God's grace, and do not take for granted the peace peace that each one of us has, that God is sovereign in all things, even this tragedy. God has provided so much to our family, we didn't even know how to pray specifically for that we needed. Some examples, a Christian doctor who was on the scene three seconds after the crash, who had confirmed that both boys were killed instantly, put out a fire so they wouldn't burn, held them and prayed the Lord's prayer over them. He took a beautiful and spiritual picture of the heavens opening up on a very cloudy day and sun rays shining down on the horrible, horrific scene. The occupant in the other car who also died was a woman of strong faith and one of her family members contacted us and said prayers were said at her mother-in-law's funeral for David and Benjamin and our family and that they took comfort that David and Benjamin were with her when she was called home. We had friends that drove out to Montana to bring home the remains of the boys and their gear so that we didn't have to go out west during the early days of our grieving. A church in Bloomington willing to host the large memorial service and all the details coming together in a seamless and more importantly, God-glorifying time of worship. A pizza, a pizza party the night before the memorial service where we had the honor of meeting David's Dort teammates and families, especially young lady friend of David's. Twelve or so uh, youth with a mission, short-term missionaries from all over the world. They came from Australia and Canada and Oregon and North Carolina that served with men the year before in Australia. An abundance of laughter and tears as we all shared memories of our 
gone too soon sons, a new grandson. Born the morning following the boy's crash. A family vacation with our immediate family of 23. Three weeks after the boys' memorial service, a time of reliving old memories and making new memories, especially as the grandchildren are getting old enough to remember these times. None of us are mad at God, for instance, but rather have been amazed at the ripple effects since the boys' passing. We've seen or heard of countless instances of people seeking to know more about Jesus, personal relationships strengthened through conversations, people deciding to be baptized, and the many other ways these two young men, these two young men had a positive impact on so many in their 20 years of life. This is not because our boys were anywhere near perfect, but because Christ lived through them in their daily relationships. I wanted to share two texts or social media postings or whatnot, I don't know the difference, um, that we received that one is about Ben and one is about David and just kind of gives a glimpse into their lives. This young lady served with men at Johnny Camp, which is a camp for families that have children with disabilities. We started the same year and he and I connected right away. I have two siblings with Down syndrome and autism. My first year at camp, I was in awe of Ben. I loved watching Ben with all the kids and how he connected with them all, even if he wasn't their camper. I remember coming home and being in tears as I told my mom about him because to see a teenager that just loves on kids with special needs was rare to me. To see how much love he poured into those kids and how acceptable he was to every, or accepting he was to everyone, even to me. I was very shy my first years. I didn't know anyone and his sister Elsa and Ben introduced themselves the first night and they took me under their wings. Throughout the week, Ben would ask me how I was doing with my camper and how I was doing myself. He learned about me and my family throughout the week and he told me he would love to meet them. Well, last August, he and Elsa got to meet my brother and sister and they absolutely loved him. Especially my little sister. She brings cookies to first responders. And Ben told her that he was gonna be a policeman. He would invite us down once he graduated and would give us a tour. This past year at camp, I got to talk with him more and more during the last few days. We got a few long conversations and I'll treasure these forever as we talked about everything in the happy grams he wrote me this past year. He remembered that my sister was having medical problems and still is. He wrote in one saying how he'll be praying for me and my family, especially my little sister. And that touched me and that he remembered and would keep her in his prayers. A couple months after camp, he messaged me asking about my sister and her cookie deliveries and was asking all sorts of questions, which was so amazing. Ben is an amazing guy, and I'm so proud to have been his camp friend. Seeing him at camp and watching him touch so many souls is something I'll remember from now on when I go, on when I go in future years to the camp. So that was Ben's. And it just, Ben was an inclusive young man that just didn't want to see anyone left on the sidelines. Get to the one about David here. I think I have this. 
This was from a coworker of, of David's at Starbucks. I've known David since 2016. We met while working at Starbucks. He always filled the store with joy, laughter, and silliness. I remember his dad dropping him off in the morning while it was still dark out and making a pumpkin spice latte or hot chocolate and running it back out to the car. He always walked in that door happy and ready for the day. He lit up our store with his ridiculous puns, from bags of coffees, his pun props, to customers' finished drinks. I worked directly with David for eight months before getting promoted and moved to another store. When I moved stores, he would swing by my new one at 98th and Lindale while I was friends on a run or with his siblings, sometimes for a drink, sometimes just to say hi. I was always greeted by David literally running to give me a hug, always it didn't matter who he is with. Every day I saw this incredible human, he made my life better. This brings to me what happens next. David stopped by my store two years ago this week, presumably just to say hello, but I think God put him there that day. David always knew when something was wrong. I was on my lunch break just sitting in the cafe. He ran in, gave me a hug, sat down and said, so what's up? I said, nothing, just living the dream. And he didn't buy it. He said, what's wrong? So I told him. I was 24 at the time and just found out I was pregnant. I was unmarried, not in a serious relationship, and I was scared. David immediately asked if he could pray for me. So we sat in a Starbucks cafe and prayed. He was the first person in this entire world that I told I was pregnant. That was, there was never any judgment, just love. I'm happy to say that two years later, I'm married and have a happy, joyful, and silly 15-month-old boy. David was someone you could always confide in. I would share my ups and downs with him, and he always gave you his heart and attention. The way David treated others with kindness, love, and compassion, and his love of Christ is a true statement to how he was raised and who he was raised by. And although he was taken too soon, we know we will see him again, and he will be waiting for us with open arms. He'll probably actually run right up to us. I am blessed to have known him and can't wait to see him again. These stories are challenges to us all. Are we being intentional each day with how we spend our time and how we interact with others? Proverbs 27.1 says, Don't boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring. We only have the now. The past is just that, and we are not promised tomorrow. So I ask you to take time for others today. Listen to and love those God has placed in your lives. In an article by Zach James in the Sioux City Journal, Coach Nate Wolf said, David understood what Paul meant when he wrote about running the race with perseverance and lived his life striving to persevere in his faith daily. His family, friends, and teammates were incredibly important to him. As a teammate, he truly celebrated the success of other people. As a friend, he was quick to laugh, and he was always willing to have an honest and deep conversation. As a brother in Christ, he possessed an incredible desire to serve others. Dort University, its students and staff are, a special, are special. David loved Dort, as we too are learning to love this place and are thankful for his year and a half here. We are grateful for the many acts of kindness to our family and for the many staff, students, and their families who traveled to Minneapolis in July for the celebration of life service there. May the memories of David and Ben be sweet and lasting. And may the name of Jesus 
their Savior, their Savior be lifted up. Thank you. You just need to pray. Can't get the words out. That's fine. Just pray in your heart. But hear these words. Take courage. Sing praise of my soul, find strength. 
seated. I'd like to invite Coach Nate Wolf up to share a few words. Gary, thanks for sharing. I, <coughs> I was um, struck when you said the, the story about uh, David getting up early in the morning before the sun was up and going to Starbucks and laughing and always smiling. Um, I didn't see that very often at 6 a.m. practice. <laughs> um, my first memory of uh, David Tempty was with his oldest sister. Um, this six-foot-one, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, snappy dresser, and that was David, sat quietly in my office about two years ago while Jenna intensely grilled me about our program, Dort College, and how her baby brother would be treated. It was the most intense visit that I've had in 16 years of recruiting. Um, which is something that David and I laughed about often. Um, and it was also the last time that I ever thought of David as quiet. I also clearly remember the first practice David ran. Uh, we did a 200-meter workout on the indoor track for the first practice back from Christmas break. Uh, David was a mid-year enrollee, and so he was new to the team. I pulled him from the workout um, a little bit early. Um, but for those few repetitions that he, he ran, uh, David was a running revelation. Uh, Coach Heinen and I felt we might have just found the missing piece to our 4x800 that 16 months later would be national champions. We knew at that time that David was going to be part of something special. Little did we know what that special would truly end up being. We knew that he would have an impact. Uh, it was just a different impact than what we anticipated during that first workout. This spring at the NAI Outdoor National Championship meet, Coach Heinen and I were talking. Our conversation centered on several of the athletes that we had competing at the national meet. But one person we kept coming back to was David. We talked at length about the impact that David had on our team in his year and a half in the program. Oddly enough, for an All-American, a national champion, a conference champion, and a school record holder, the conversation did not center around his impact that he had on our team competitively. Rather, we talked about the way that David connected people. We talked about how David bridged a gap between our men's and our women's teams. We talked about how he connected different personalities within the men's teams. We talked about how he, he made it okay to let your teammates know that you cared for them. Yes, it was even okay to tell them that you loved them. Even his coach. I tell my team all the time, I rarely remember races of the past, but what I do remember is my athletes' impact on me, their impacts on their teammates, the way that they compete with each other and serve each other. Um, and don't get me wrong, I will never forget um, David unleashing one of the most impressive last 300 meters at the conference meet this last year in the 1500 meters as he won uh, the conference championship. And I will never forget him blowing through the field down the home stretch in the 4x8, handing off to Anthony uh, when we won the, the championship at the national meet this year. Um, but what I will remember, and what I do remember, because I don't remember many other races other than that, is him staying late after practice to talk with people as he stretched. 
I do remember the way that he would encourage his teammates with a let's go, ladies, or come on, boys. I do remember him giving good-hearted ribbing to his teammates, quietly sliding over and including someone in conversation that other people had overlooked, and making each one of us feel like he was excited to be at practice because he got to see me. Like he somehow just came to practice to talk to me before he went to the next person and made them feel the exact same special way, and then the next, and the next, and the next. As the days and weeks passed after David and Benjamin's passing, as I cont- and as I continued to grieve, I began to understand the, the, the impact that David had on me personally. It was not his running. It was his smile, his sense of humor. It was the way he showed his love for me. It was the way he showed his love for others. And it was the way he showed his love for so many so many of you. It was the way he communicated that love for us. It was David's ability to envelop others with a smile, a mischievous grin, a wink, a hug, or even a text that told us how important we were to him. That was his lasting impact to me. What our world needs is people that will love with vulnerability and passion. What our Dort University community needs is more people that will will take time out to care for each other with a quick hug or a quick and honest text or maybe even just a smile. What my team needs is people that can be vulnerable with each other, that can share in each other's success and empathize with each other in their struggles. And David did that, and he did it well, and he did it for all of us regularly. What I've taken from the 18 months I knew David, love more, care more, have more friends, be more vulnerable, be honest, tell people how you feel about them. If the depths of one's pain over the loss of someone is only exceeded by the love that we had for that person, then David was immensely loved. I will always remember the pain I watched so many care, I will always remember the pain that I felt, but even more, I will remember the pain that I watched so many carry that, that real, started to know that they would not see their friend and brother on this side of eternity. I will remember how much David was loved because his loss has left a hole that will at best heal as a scar. However, I implore you, do not let the wound that loss gives us disable you. Instead, I encourage you and I pray for you that the grief that you felt over the loss of David this summer or any other loss in your life, that it could provide a, a broader perspective to love more fully, to be more compassionate, and that it leads to a greater understanding of God's love for you. On May 24th, uh, David Tempty was a member of the national champion 4x800 meter relay team, the first in our program's history. And I remember there's a couple pictures up here um, earlier of it. I remember jogging to the area where the athletes exited the track. They don't let us into those areas. And seeing David and Anthony, both of them running and hugging me as the three of us cried and laughed in disbelief that they had won. Later that night at the restaurant, we're having a supper, and Coach Drake and I step into, the, step into the bathroom, and we're talking a mile a minute over top of each other. I know my team can't imagine that. Still in disbelief over the fact that we had won earlier in the evening. All of a sudden, we heard crying in the bathroom stall. Uh, this gets awkward. And we became quiet as the door opened and as David emerged. Are you okay, I asked. 
Yes, he replied, wiping tears from his face. I'm just going to miss these seniors so much as he lost his momentary composure, breaking down into a new wave of tears. That's the David I will remember. His, art, his heart aching over a change in relationship with those in his life. As he opened the door and he smiled and he gave us a wink and he said, okay, here we go. The next day I was at the top of the bleachers on the back stretch watching as Matthew Van Epps sprinted down the home stretch, passing two guys and winning the second national championship in two days for our team. Uh, Matthew wasn't the fastest guy over the last 800 or the last 50 meters though. He, he might not know this. Um, because David and Anthony, having been cheering on the backstretch bleachers with the rest of the team, um, they were sprinting down the, the bleachers faster than Matthew is sprinting down the home stretch. They were in sandals. I don't know how that happens. And I remember at least one or two sandals going flying behind them as uh, com coming off as, as Matthew crossed the finish line. And they paused for a second, thinking, should I go back and get these, these sandals before they took off? Um, once again, racing each other, um, but this time to see who could get to Matthew first. I'll always remember the joy David had for that race, something that he wasn't even um, directly a part of, and the way that he was able to celebrate the success of someone else that day. One month later, on June 24th, David and his brother passed away, and there's not a good reason. There never is. This tragedy, it just happened, and, and I am not qualified here to stand before you and explain how God's will works in these situations. I wish I could. I can tell you, God is with you at this moment, and he's with you at every moment. And his comfort is our only comfort in such confusion and pain. It was only one month removed from a joyful celebration that I found myself listening to Gary telling me about the death of his two baby boys. It was one month after Coach Drake and I found David crying in the bathroom over the loss of, of changing senior relationships that I was preparing to send an email to a group of people that would now shoulder the burden of the loss of David's relationship to them. Over the next few days, it was incredible uh, to hear how many people had received Snapchats or text messages from David during his final few days and weeks on this earth where he told them he loved them, giving them one last message from his heart that was true and only for them. Blessing them one more time, being vulnerable one more time, being who he was one more time. A few years ago, I listened to a pastor implore his congregation to stop living in this world as if it was the prize, to stop seeing this world as the finish line. He said, we hold so tightly to our temporary world, to what we see from a limited view, that will all turn to ash. We grieve as though our losses are final, that something has been extinguished and forever lost. I encourage you today as we celebrate David and Benjamin's lives, as we celebrate as only believers of our good God can, see your life in this world for what God says it is. It's a race. And the prize that Paul writes of is attained when we are united with Christ Jesus, when, on, when our race on this earth is done. Not while we're yet on this broken and death-filled earth as our world wants you to believe. David and Benjamin have run their race and they have received their prize. And I am so sorry that this promise does not alleviate the loss that we feel. I'm sorry it does not lessen the depth of our grief 
or explain to us why this happened. But I am thankful that we have the hope and the resurrection of, of the risen Christ. Our hope of seeing David and seeing those that we love that also claim Christ as Savior is a promise that is greater than any apology I have for you. Claim it. Look forward to it. Let it change the way you live. And most importantly, let it change the way that you love and express that love. If you have not claimed this promise, please, please email me. Stop by Aaron Bart's office. Uh, talk to a professor. Find someone on your wing that can talk to you and explain to you that Jesus Christ loves you deeply and that he can help you to, and that, that, and that can help you to understand what it means to be a child of God. Our lives are too short to wait any longer to accept this promise. While today we are reminded of our love for David because of the hurt in our heart, I would not trade that hurt for not knowing David. I'm thankful for the 18 months that David called me coach. It was a privilege. I'm thankful David loved. I'm thankful that I love David, and I'm thankful that David loved me and so many of you. I will see David again, and I cannot wait to be surrounded by him and other witnesses that have gone before us. God is most definitely very, very good. We stay seated and just reflect on your life, on what the coach just said, and just pray and use this time to think and just worship.
Gary, Nate, thank you for your words. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the reminders. Death is jarring. Grief is hard. This is not the way things are supposed to be. And it's because of that God and the infinite wisdom of his son and the love that is beyond what we can comprehend was willing to pass through death himself first. David is not the first to have passed. David and Benjamin were not. Christ has gone before and is the first fruits of the resurrection. And because of what he has done, that, that assurance of getting to be with him is not only for David and Benjamin, that is for us as well as we've heard the invitation so beautifully articulated already here today. So it would only be appropriate that for the one who has conquered the grave and invited us into perfect relationship with him, the one that David, is, whose presence is in right now, in unadulterated glory and love and perfection, longing that we would all sit at the wedding supper of the Lamb together with one day, is deserving of our praise and our glory for what he has done in his victory over death and his sharing of eternal life with us. Will you join and rise and sing a song of praise together? Lift our voices and sing.
Show us your glory, Lord. Reveal yourself. My friends, my family, let, let me remind you again what your only comfort in life and in death is, that you are not your own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to your faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who has fully paid for all of your sins and watches over you in such a way that not a hair can fall from your, from your head without the will of your Father in heaven, who is good and is for you today, tomorrow, and into eternity. Go in peace, in love, and in service, living boldly for a reigning king.